it's time for Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. All right, all right, all right, all right. Time to get it going here. Back to the Futures, Brandon Sprague, Travis Thomas, my great co-host over here with yet another episode of Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you find your great podcast. Boy, oh boy. Yes. Week 18, Travis, we had some playoffs on the line. We had teams fighting for positioning. It was a wild last week of the NFL season, which has now been expanded. It's very controversial that they did that, but we had a lot on the line today, and we had some teams with some very interesting performances. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, for one, am just fired up for the playoffs. I mean, I've been ready for it for a while. You and I have been talking about it for a while, and Although I'm sad to see our Sundays filled with all these games gone now, we're dwindling down to the end of the season and crowning one champion. I, for one, Sprager, am ready for all the marbles, all the chips on the table, somebody to hoist that Lombardi trophy. We have finally made it, my friend. And you look at all the quarterbacks involved, too. Mahomes, Brady. Rodgers, the usual suspects, and then you have some new blood with Burrow. I mean, to me, I think these playoffs, expanded as they are, have the chance to be all-time the greatest playoffs we've seen so far. They have that chance, Sprague. Well, I mean, I I, I did last year. I did the whole uh, how dare they expand the playoffs. It's perfect. The NFL's got the perfect postseason. And then I watched Wild Card Weekend, and both days I didn't move from my couch three straight games. <laughs> and I came back Monday, and I was like, this is the greatest idea of all time. Let's just yes. keep it going. Now, this year's interesting. I, I want to remind people before we give you our thoughts on what we saw today, because there were some interesting things. There is a Monday Night Football Wild Card game that's going to happen this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I talked about this when it came out, but let's bring this back up real quick. All right. There's going to be two teams forced to play Monday Night Football and then turn around and play divisional. Mm. Are we are we in on this? Like, I understand why they want Monday Night Football. ESPN's gotten the hose from the NFL for a decade with games. Monday Night Football would kind of be a great thing for them with a playoff game. But it seems a little unfair to both those teams that they're going to play Monday and then turn around for a divisional game on Sunday. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, listen, I'm surprised that you're surprised, to be honest. This is the same league that has decided to add Thursday night games. This is the same league that has now expanded the wild card to have more teams in the playoffs. This is the same league that gives you consistent Saturday night doubleheaders as the season gets late. This is the same league now that asks now all these teams to play an extra regular season game. So I'm surprised that you're surprised. I mean, they don't give a rat, you know what, about a team getting the short end of the stick or a team getting any rest or any of that nonsense. All they care about is making money and getting these ratings to the moon that they're about to get for these playoffs. That's all they care about. I'm surprised you're surprised. Well, it's not so much, I guess, I should say a surprise. I I know the NFL is willing to do any and everything to get teams to play and get more eyeballs and money. I'm I'm more just like thinking about what team or what two teams, because the AFC is a little in the air. The NFC is a done deal. We know the matchups, and we'll get to the matchups. We'll 
try to get some lines to you guys as soon as we possibly can. And we're going to break down all of this. We'll also get to the college football national championship, which as we tape this on a Sunday is tomorrow on Monday. Yes. To me, it's, it's, it's more Travis. It's about what two teams are sitting right now thinking, don't pick us, don't pick us, don't pick us because you do, you, you lose one, one day of rest compared to the other matchups. And then you presumably could go on the road or, you know, whatever ends up happening, whoever they decide, I just more so think of it from that standpoint. It's not a surprise. It's more like how unfair is this going to be to those two teams? I think it depends. I mean, listen, it depends on matchups. If you take, for example, uh, maybe a young team, uh, let's just for the sake of this conversation, let's say, and I know we'll get into these matchups, but let's say you get a Bengals team. Okay. They're hosting a game. They're not going to care that it's a Monday night, first of all. Secondly, a team like that, as long as they don't sustain any injuries at Monday night, assuming just for the sake of this combo that they win and we'll see who they end up matched up against. But a team like that may have an advantage uh, to playing on a short week. Young, being there the first time, I guess they would be celebrating their first playoff win as that young team especially in a long time around Cincy, just who I'm using for this example. I don't know if it's going to be them, but that's an example of a team that maybe they're good to just keep it going, you know, stay in that rhythm, stay hot like that. We don't need a ton of rest here. And remember, if they do win that divisional game, they'll have some additional rest going into that next week. So to me, I, I, you know, I guess it depends on who's there. Plus you could look at it from the flip side too, Sprague. I don't know if you get a Brady there on that Monday night in the standalone game. First of all, you have him on that stage. And then secondly, a guy like that, who's a veteran, even Tampa, uh, you know, kind of juxtaposed to my example with Cincy, that's a veteran team that's used to it. They'll be fine. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I guess it could be depending on matchup and, and who ends up in that situation. Well, let's let's start getting into that, Travis, because, boy, oh boy, we got the matchups to talk about themselves. Again, the NFC is clinched. The AFC, right. as we tape this, we are awaiting the Charger-Raider outcome to see what teams are in and the matchups and how they go in the AFC. But I, I, I want to start with today's games because there was a lot on the line for a lot of teams. Right. And one of the later games that we had, it actually just wrapped right before we went on the air, the Niners at L.A., what, with what seemed like a road game, but actually sounded like a home game with the amount of red they had in that stadium. And the, the Niners were down 17 to nothing at one point against the Rams. They were, I mean, it was 17-3 at the half. They didn't look good. Jimmy G couldn't complete a pass. And the second half, they hit a switch. They got the run game going. Debo Samuel went off. And Juwan Jennings made some big plays. He had um, a touchdown. And yep. a huge catch at the end there. They win 27-24. to 24. They make that crazy comeback. And with that comeback, they clinched themselves a playoff spot. They knocked the Saints out. So you owe me a beer because you love the Saints to make the playoffs this <laughs> I year. Did. I did. But what did you think about the Niners and then also just the Rams, who in the middle of that game were playing for their division? Yeah, I mean, listen, I didn't learn much about the Rams. I still, and I was telling Zach, our super producer, this before the show, I'm still a little apprehensive to fully buy in and trust Matthew Stafford in a playoff scenario, but I certainly uh, hesitate to buy in to Jimmy G also in a playoff scenario. So to me, I didn't learn much about the Rams in this game. I learned a lot about the Niners here. I mean, I thought Jimmy G, despite throwing two picks, which could have absolutely blew it for his team, I thought he was efficient. 
uh, throwing for over 300 yards in that touchdown you mentioned. Uh, and he was captain clutch for that team down the stretch. The Niners are a live dog in this playoff, and I'm sure we'll talk about the playoff matchup here as yeah. they're going to go to Big D, Jerry's world, to take on the Cowboys. But, I, I mean, other than them being a live dog, I'll be honest. I wanted bragging rights for the Saints to get in so I could brag to you, and then you would owe me a beer. But at the end yes. of the day, the Niners being in the playoffs is better for the overall product because they can actually beat somebody in the playoffs. Uh, I don't I, believe I, the Saints yeah. could. No, I think that's a good point. Um, I, I think a lot of people would be with you in that kind of line of thinking, can, especially with the Saints quarterback situation. Now, Jimmy right. G is a bit of a wild card for some people. But again, he he responded after a real slow start. Let, let's get to the biggest head-scratching situation of the day. And it's not okay. even close. What the hell happened to the Colts? Can we talk about the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts, who went to Jacksonville as 15-and-a-half-point yeah. favorites? They win, and they're in. They were... The, the Jags were plus 705 on the money line what? going into that kickoff. And they didn't just lose, Travis. They didn't just lose a close football game. The Colts got annihilated by the Jags today. Carson Wentz looked awful. That defense couldn't get a stop. What What is going on? We, we talked about the Colts two weeks ago, and we're both like, I wouldn't want to play the Colts. Well, apparently the Jags do, and <laughs> nobody else will get to the rest of the year because they are out of the playoffs now. What do you make of the Colts, man? Well, you have to give props to the Jags for getting the job done, but at the end of the day, this is on the head coach, Frank Reich, and Carson Wentz, the quarterback of the Colts. I mean, first of all, I put it on the coaching staff that Jonathan Taylor did not get more than 15 carries. You've got to be kidding me. He was averaging five yards a pop. You almost, in this situation, against the Jags, need to double that output for him. He needs to have 30 carries today. If you go down with that ship, then you could live with it. You need to dance with who you got, who you came to the dance with. And they got away from Jonathan Taylor for some stupid reason. Then I, I say Carson Wentz. Uh, I put blame on him because they obviously wanted him to be the star of the show today. Probably saw something with Jacksonville's defense where they said, okay, it's going to be tough to run the ball. We're going to need Carson Wentz today. And he just didn't get it done. Kudos to the Jags. But at the end of the day, this was the Colts being too arrogant and sleeping on the Jags. And they thought they would just waltz in here and work on some stuff in their playbook. And instead they got their ass beat and they're sitting watching the playoffs like me and you spray. Well, I mean, Travis, you're right on Carson Wentz, but um, yet another game. Jonathan yeah. Taylor didn't rush for over 100 yards, and guess what? Spoiler, the Colts ended up losing. <laughs> That's right. Look, there were a lot of opinions about Carson Wentz and that move that they made to get him, and I thought he had kind of figured this out, especially with that, what game was it? The Arizona game. He had that mm -hmm. incredible throw in the back of the end zone, and I thought, just keep running with Taylor and ask Carson to do some things here and there, and today – it just felt like from the get-go, they were putting Carson in the driver's seat and making Jonathan Taylor the passenger. And we know right. with this team, that's not the recipe for success. So they're, they're going to really go home today, I think, scratching their heads of how they got to this point where this team, slow start, turned it around, started becoming covering machines, and all you need to do is beat the Jacksonville Jaguars who had just lost 50-10 to 10 a week ago? That's all right. you need to do and you're in. And you couldn't even do that. I mean, just 
just an absolutely embarrassing and pitiful performance. And now you go into an offseason. I don't know where the trust is going to be with this team and Carson Wentz. Like, how? what are you thinking if you're the Colts and Frank Reich about what to do with your quarterback spot after that performance today? Well, I think you have to run it back. I mean, he didn't play so bad where, you know, it's not a Carolina situation where Carolina probably could and should move off of Sam Darnold and figure something else out, whether it's yeah. a trade for Deshaun Watson or drafting somebody or whatever it is. Uh, to me, Wentz played well enough this season. You should run it back with him, but you got to put some weapons on the outside. I don't think they have elite receivers at all. Uh, I don't think they have a true number one, to be honest with you. Uh, obviously, Jonathan Taylor should be better. That defense is very good. So I do think you run it back if you're the Colts. But I will say this quickly about the Jags. I mean, you win this game, so you end the season on a high note after everything they went through. Trevor Lawrence today uh, balled out. Uh, 223 yards, two touchdowns for him. So he's feeling good going into the offseason. And, oh, by the way, they get the number one pick. So, yeah. uh, you know, terrible for the Colts. They, to me, now they in the best 9-8 and eight team in the, seat, in the uh, entire league, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, that's a team that should be a playoff team. But they had to take care of business today against the Jags. And they slept walk, and this is what happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, kudos to the Jags players for going out there and giving the effort. Josh Allen had a big yep. game. Trevor Lawrence had his best game of the year. And you mentioned the number one pick. At the time that they won that game, Travis, they could have thought we just cost ourselves the number one pick because Detroit right. was right there with them. But Detroit won and beat Green Bay. That's right. Um, and, and so that all played out how the way it did. Finally, let's wrap it up here, and then we'll get to the matchups because we're, we're jacked for the wild card matchups. Arizona. Yeah. I bet against them last week against uh, when they played the Cowboys. I lost that bet. I've not trusted this team for four weeks. They come out today against a just a, a Seahawks team that's just not that good, and they they get outright beat. Arizona, trust them or no? No, I don't know how you could. I mean, look, I know they had the big win against Dallas, but really they've ended this season the way they have since Kingsbury got has has been there and been the head coach. I mean. Uh, him and Kyler both sort of have, even though it's a small sample size, they do have a history now of fading down the stretch. And this is just another example. I mean, I cannot trust this team. Now, we'll get into the matchup because we know they play the Rams. But if you even look earlier in the season when they played the Rams, they beat them. They beat the Rams. And that was when Arizona was humming on all cylinders. Now down the stretch recently, they lost to the Rams. I anticipate that again, to be honest with you, on Wild Card Weekend. I just don't know how anyone could trust the Cardinals at this point in time. Yeah, no, I, and I think Kingsbury's getting a lot of the noise. I, I think yep. it's fair to say if Kyler was insert young quarter Baker, Lamar, et cetera, whoever, right. who gets criticized heavily, I think we'd be having a different narrative about Kyler Murray, and that's interesting to me. If they can't win that playoff game, I don't trust them to. But if they can't, I think they go into the offseason with a lot of people questioning you. Okay, so let's do this. We've got we've got to talk about Bama, Georgia, the SEC yes. championship game. Oh, excuse me. I mean the national championship <laughs> game. We will get to the wild card matchups, dive into it all. That's coming up next. Zach will join us as well. you got uh, Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app.
When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some bets from Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague on Back to the Futures from BetQL. So wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network. Ryan, how long did it take you to be able to just, like, transition into anything from anything? I don't even know. Because you're really good at it. It's like you could actually start a TikTok of just doing that fake. I think that's like actually really, that's a great idea, actually. The TikTok? Yeah. Yeah, you could start a TikTok of, like, fake transitions from awkward things into things that are also awkward. Yeah. I think it's because I used to do, like, fake radio shows my entire it's life. It's like 700,000 people now have come down with Omicron variant COVID now transition. I don't know how to do that. Speaking you of 700,000. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, I don't even need I don't either. See, you got to put the pressures on. Yeah, I know. But Sometimes the lights are a little it. too bright. He knows how to do it off the, the cuff so never, easy. The lights are never, ever too bright. Well, they're also, but I'll tell you what is too bright. I was about to say. <laughs> what is too bright is, is the mind of one Chris Carino. There you go. He's on the call for the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. And next, he joins BetMGM tonight Brooklyn. to talk Kyrie Irving. BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Sports bettors, get locked into You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on the bet. I feel bad because I, I muted some people last night, like so I tweet out like I just lost. Should probably mute more, honestly. God. But, and like, and like, <laughs> I'd be on I Twitter like less people, this year. I don't think these yeah. people like mean badly, the people that did this. I mean that sincerely. But I'm not sure like, I care well, anymore. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. That's the thing. And then I get like a tweet of like someone's screenshot of how like Rodgers and Adams like won their matchup for them like sorry it didn't work for you but look at this how about oh, this? that's die <laughs> go away like leave me alone man i'm happy you won also like do i need to see this right now like i have just lost i do not need to i'm happy that you won well, I'm sorry you lost, but here I won, so it should make yeah. you feel better. You better you bet. 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. The best players in the league perform even better with a great assist. And using BetQL to help take your sports betting to the next level, it's an MVP move. BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. Sometimes a spread is off by a few points or a total is way too high or low. BetQL shows you where the real value is so you can make smarter bets and cash in more consistently. All the bets from today's games are clearly listed and ranked on a scale of one to five stars. Those five-star bets give you the best chance to win and have shown real proven results. Get insights on sides, totals, player props, and more combined with articles from BetQL's team of wagering experts. BetQL has you covered for pro and college games, football, basketball, baseball, and even hockey and soccer. It's time Time to get better at betting with BetQL. Visit BetQL.com and use promo code BET for 20% off. That's 20% off with promo code BET at BetQL.com. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. Indeed. Welcome back in Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in live or listening to the pod. Uh, it's uh, Brandon Sprague here and Travis Thomas across the way on the East Coast. Our uh, producer, Zach Kroll, is going to join us in just a second. He has the weirdest, most random talent <laughs> of any person. I knew I've this was heard. coming. <laughs> I mean, how do you not mention this? So, real quick. Behind the scenes, we're on commercial break. We're just sitting here chilling, talking to each other on Zoom. And uh, Zach goes, I can name every president. And I'm, we're kind of like, what? 
And he goes, any numbered president, I can tell you who it is. So we start going down the list. And I'm talking like, I'm going, who's the 13th president? And Zach says, Millard Fillmore. And, my, and Travis, my response is like, I've never even heard of Millard Fillmore. I didn't know there was a dude running the country named Millard Fillmore. How do you know that? So That's let's bring him on now. Talent. That is such it, a random talent. Yeah, Zach, uh, you got to be honest real quick. Uh, we're, you're going to read us the playoff matchups that we have, and we'll give you our thoughts on that one, and we'll get to the national championship coming up a little bit later on here on Back to the Futures. But, Zach, I, I really need to know, at what point in your life did you bust out the president trick at a party <laughs> to try to impress somebody? Yeah, uh, it's definitely been used a handful of times, not going to lie. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, when I was a little kid, just uh, started learning about the president's history has always interested me when it comes to everything, sports, presidents. And, uh, yeah, kind of just memorize them throughout and uh, always uh, uh, good to share that with everyone. Wow. Uh, Zach, I feel like you have a lot of Matt Damon, Goodwill Hunting, where you go and seek out the smart college kids so you can embarrass <laughs> them in front of the cute girl. Am I right on that? Uh, no. No, I wouldn't say so, but, you know, okay. it's definitely been used in that way. You're so. right. You're right, Sprague. You heard how he answered that. You're right, yeah. clearly. Yeah, he's a – how about them apples, kid? There's no doubt about it. Okay, <laughs> Zach, let's get this going. Let's dive into the matchups. Again, we're recording this as the Raiders and Chargers are, are playing. Right. So there's some, some things up in the air in the AFC. Um, although if the Chargers win or this game ends up in a tie, a lot of the scenarios are, are basically the same. But let's start – Zach, let's bring you on. Let's do the NFC matchups. I'll allow you to start wherever you want. That's 7-2. If you want to go 6-3, it doesn't matter. Sure. So we don't know the times of these games yet. Those will obviously be determined after the conclusion of the Sunday night game. So we will start off in the NFC, and then we'll get into the possible AFC scenarios depending on the result of the Sunday night game. So here we go. In the NFC, 7 versus 2, we have the Philadelphia Eagles coming in as the number seven seed they finish the regular season with the record of nine and eight they are heading to tampa florida taking on the 13 and four nfc south champion buccaneers now we don't have a line for these games yet but i'll ask the two of you guys you know what do you think the line would be if you were to guess and what side would you lean in when you look at the, this game what comes to mind i mean i i think this is going to be more than a touchdown but not much i could see a seven and a half uh, Tampa being favored by that. And it could be bet up, you know, eight, I don't know, maybe more uh, by the time we get to game time. I mean, look, and maybe there's some value there if you believe in this young Eagles team going to Tampa on the road. Uh, first playoff experience for this young team with Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, You know, I'm not buying it. I think they're going to get smoked in this game. I would lay the points with Tampa. Uh, maybe the over would be in play here, depending on the total. If you believe that the Eagles can make it competitive, maybe they can score some points. But I would take Tom here, uh, fine-tuning that offense. You know, he's got some injuries on the offensive side. Uh, the defensive side never really has been at full health. So we'll see what they can do defensively, if they can go in the same run they did last year in the Super Bowl run. But I, I like Tampa here, uh, minus seven and a half, all the way up to maybe eight and a half by game time would be my guess. And I would lay the points with Tampa. I, I don't, I'm not believing in the Eagles uh, at this point in time, this early in their infancy in terms of that team and what they can do. For the future, they could be a force to be reckoned with depending on what they add. But for right now, 
they should just be happy to be here, Sprague. I don't see them uh, causing any issues for the Bucks. Yeah, Travis, I, I don't really have a lot of rebuttal to that. Like, this is, this to me, um, Zach and one of our other producers, CJ, like, for some reason, they're huge Eagles fans. I, I don't know why they're <laughs> super excited about this game. Um, I just, I don't have excitement for this. In fact, when I was looking at the matchups, the only other game that could, like, bore me more, just from an on-paper <laughs> standpoint, is Pittsburgh at Kansas City, because I just saw that show two weeks ago. And it was blood. It was a bludgeoning. So that wasn't great. Um, I have nothing to add. I think it, you're spot on on everything. The only thing I would change is I would say Tampa. I think is going to be actually nine to nine and a half. I wouldn't shock me if they got that high. Wow. And let's give Nick Sirianni a lot of credit because say what you want about the Eagles, feel how you feel. For them to get to the postseason, this dude started his tenure by stuttering all over himself in the press conference and making people go, oh my God, he can't even talk. He's going to be the coach. <laughs> and, and Travis, we all kind of thought this, and then he, he started coaching, and he did a good enough job to get his yes. team into this spot. Um, yes. Jalen Hurts, I would lean not quite a franchise guy, but let me say this. The reason I would also pick Tampa, I'm with you, Philly does not beat good teams. If you go down Philly's schedule, they just don't beat good teams. They, they have feasted on the trash of the NFC East Giants and some of the other bad teams on their schedule. They're not good against teams with a 500 or better record. Um, so I think Tampa's going to take care of business at home. What's the next matchup we got, Zach? All right. We will now go to the six versus three matchup in the NFC as we have the number six seed San Francisco 49ers. They finished the regular season with a record of 10 and seven. They're heading on the road to Jerry's world taking on the 12-5 and five Dallas Cowboys. Same thing. What do we think about this one? What do we think the line's going to be? Yeah, I, I don't know how you feel here, Sprager, but to me, uh, this has shades of the 90s when both of these teams basically felt like, to me, as a kid of the 90s, you know, they played every playoffs, and the winner usually went to the Super Bowl and would win it. Um, you know, in this one, I think it's going to be who can impose their will more. Uh, on Dallas's side, although I think they should have more of a commitment to running the football, we all know that they are DAC dependent. And so because of that, uh, they're going to want to impose their will through the air with Dak throwing the ball all over that Niner uh, secondary, which is susceptible to that. Uh, we also know that the Cowboys have a ton of weapons on the outside. So I think Dallas is going to be trying to get them the football uh, through the air to me offensively for the Niners, they're going to want to run the ball and put Jimmy Garoppolo in position to manage the game and play good defense. Their front seven on the Niners means business. So to me, uh, styles make fights. I will probably lean San Fran here to cover whatever the number is. I think Dallas will probably get overvalued. I don't think it'll be a touchdown, but I think it'll be close. I could see Dallas at five and a half, six, six and a half even. And I think there'll be a lot of value there with the Niners. As we get closer to this game, I may feel even more confident, and I'm, I may take a shot at Niners' money line. But for right now, uh, my gut is to at least uh, lean the Niners to cover whatever the number is. And this could be a final possession type of game, much like the Niners game was today against the Rams. Well, I'll tell you right now, Travis, if it gets to five or six, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Niners all day. Like, that's a lot of points. 
and I think the Niners are going to be pretty evenly matched. The one thing I would point out that you highlighted, Dallas's best running back isn't even the one they paid. Right. Um, but they haven't identified that yet, and they continue to act like Ezekiel Elliott is their best running back. If they're put in a position where they're passing the football, which, by the way, the Niners' secondary has been depleted. Right. Like, they had to play some young dudes today against the Rams, and they were ultimately they were able to come up with a big play when they needed it. But that is an area of concern if you're San Francisco, right? It's Amarius, CeeDee Lamb. It's all these guys just getting loose. And, and they don't have Gallup, but still, Dallas's weapons are good enough against a depleted secondary. If it gets that high, I'm taking San Francisco. I'll also tell you right now, I'm circling the under of this. Dallas's mm. defense is it's stingy. And if the mm. Niners can't run the ball, they really struggle to move the ball all on offense. And vice versa. I could see Dallas trying to throw, maybe not having quite as much success. Nail-biting game that comes down to the wire. Not a high-scoring affair. Um, but we'll see what the line ends up being between Dallas and San Francisco. We're going through the wild-card matchups right here in the NFC. I'll give you the scenarios in the AFC, depending on what the Chargers and Raiders do, if you're listening live. Uh, but let's get to our last matchup in wild-card weekend for the NFC, Zach. All right. In the final matchup in the NFC, we have the number five seed, Arizona Cardinals out of the NFC West. They finished with a record of 11 and 6. They're heading on the road to SoFi Stadium, taking on the 12 and 5 LA Rams. And it's interesting because with the Rams' loss to the 49ers today, Arizona actually had a chance with a win today. They would have won the NFC West, but they blew that chance with their loss today to Seattle. So even though the Rams lose today to the 49ers, they still clinch the NFC West title. And with that being said, they get a home game, and these two teams are split during their regular season matchup. So which quarterback do you guys trust more, and what do you think the line is for this one? Well, that's two different uh, answers from me. I actually trust Kyler Murray more, to be honest with you, than Matthew Stafford. But I would guess the Rams are going to be favored here by three and a half to four and a half points. And to be honest, I'm going to lay the points. Uh, I, I, you know, Zach, you mentioned that this is a, uh, a matchup that was split during the regular season, but it was a tale of two different teams as it pertains to the Arizona Cardinals. You know, earlier in the season, the Cardinals won the game and they looked convincing and they were red hot and you thought, oh boy, here come the Cardinals. And I know on many of power rankings uh, that I've, I've been asked on several shows, including the show that I host, you know, the Cardinals were number one for a great portion earlier in the season for many moons. But ultimately, the Rams came to life. The Cardinals came back down to earth. And by the time they played the second time, uh, the Rams beat them down. And I think that's what we're going to see here. I do believe this will be a closer game, but I would lay the points with the Rams. They're playing better. I have more faith in them right now. And I would also add this. I would consider the under here, Sprague, just because of these two high-powered offenses, Stafford, Murray. I think that total could be overvalued. I think that total could be set pretty high. I'll probably I'll probably jump on it right when it opens because I think it could be bet down. So I will jump on that number as soon as it opens and bet the under. I bet it'll be overvalued from the beginning. So is this going to be as simple as who's not going to throw the last interception? Because at this point, <laughs> man, Kyler Murray, man, he doesn't have an open target. He backpedals 20 yards before he throws the football. He throws <laughs> balls sometimes, and I'm like, oh, he's going deep. And then I see the line of scrimmage, and I'm like, he threw a 20-yard pass and gained four yards. Like, that's the position he puts himself in. And Matt Stafford, dear Lord, like, stop. 
just stop looking down your target. Stop forcing the issue into a double team. If you're going to throw a deep ball to Odell Beckham, lead Odell Beckham. Don't underthrow Odell Beckham. Um, there's a lot of red flags with both these teams. If the points get too high, if the Cardinals are too high of a dog, I'm going to have to be forced to take the Cardinals in the points. But I don't trust them to win the game. Like, even though Stafford's been shaky, two things about the Cardinals. One, Kyler's not been good since he came right. back from his a couple weeks off. Yep. And two, I don't know if it traces exactly back to J.J. Watt, but have you noticed how bad and iffy that Cardinal defense has been? Yeah. It's inexcusable. So yeah. I just I don't really trust that, that side of the ball for Arizona, nor have I seen a lot out of the offensive side. I think the Rams put themselves in bad positions, so I think the Cardinals have a good chance to potentially cover if that line gets above five. But I'm with you. I would have to take the Rams uh, in that matchup looking out now, assuming health is everything. Let's let's get to some uh, AFC scenarios here. Zach, I want you to run down if the Chargers win and if the Raiders win. Can we run those down real quick? All right, so if the Chargers win, we will be looking at first-round games of seven-seed Pittsburgh going on the road to two-seed Kansas City. We would also have the six-seed Chargers going on the road to three-seeded Buffalo, as well as the fifth-seeded Patriots going on the road to four-seed Cincinnati. We'll say that one more time. Seven-seed Pittsburgh going on the road to two-seed Kansas City. Six-seed Chargers going on the road to three-seed Buffalo. Five-seed New England going on the road to four-seed Cincinnati. This is if the Chargers win. And then if the Raiders win, we will have also Pittsburgh at Kansas City as the 7-2. But the 6-3 would change. New England would be the 6. Buffalo would be the 3. And then the Raiders would be the 5. And Cincinnati would be the 4. So it is looking like we're getting Steelers-Chiefs unless the Chargers-Raiders game ends in a tie. Um, Let me ask you, Travis, real quick. Of those scenarios, which game would most excite you? My God, I need the Chargers to win because I like all the matchups. And I, I'll be honest, I would middle all those bets. I like the favorites to win on the money line, but I think I'd take all the underdogs in those scenarios to cover because I believe there would be overvalue there in terms of the opening line and, and how the public would bet. I think there's a lot of value in the underdogs, but i take the favorites to win outright. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I want the Chargers to win this game as we talk. They're down 3 nothing to the, the Vegas Raiders. The reason I say that is because I just I, I really like watching Justin Herbert play football, um, and I think that Charger Buffalo game. I don't know if it ended up being the best game, but boy oh boy would that be must watch television on your couch getting Justin Herbert versus Josh Allen in Buffalo probably in the snow. Okay, let's talk about the national championship game. We wrap it up, yeah. and we have some pretty big news that we need to announce coming up. This is Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network. Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? You're listening to Back to the Futures from BetQL. It's BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, presented by FanDuel, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Like, it was looked at as, like, a nonsense record. Like, 19 sacks. Like, like Strahan when Favre took a dive? Yeah, well, I, I mean, he laid down. He, I mean, he laid down. That was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> he just sat down. Throw the ball away, Brett. I'm so mad about it. What's well, stupid. Like, it's... 
I, I'm with you now on the Richard Dent bit. Screw Robert Quinn. Don't let him get that. <laughs> Can we talk about He's that double- Jan sack again? That's my fav- new favorite thing, that you're still mad about that. How many years ago was that? 20. <laughs> 14 year old Joe G. I'm not going to school tomorrow. This is a joke. It was insane. He laid down. BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, presented by FanDuel, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. The sports betting world never sleeps, so wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern from the BetQL Network. Do you guys think it's cool that Britney Spears follows me, even though I tried to send her a direct message on January 10th, 2021, and she left me on, like, she didn't even check it? I said uh, to Britney on January 10th, 2021, I shot her a DM, which you can only do if she follows you, and you guys at home wouldn't know because she doesn't follow you. I said, hey, Brittany, I'm kind of nervous. I made a bold prediction and picked the Bears to win today. If they lose, everybody will tweet crap. I wanted a hot take today and already backed them plus 10 and a half. Sometimes it's scary putting yourself out there. Is that how you felt when you made the hit movie Crossroads? And she didn't answer. <laughs> no way you wrote that. I'm not going to lie. That's a real That's he, a real. He deal. legit has that, that. That was sent to her. That's crazy. Oh, and then I also asked her on April 29, 2020. I said, hey, girl, you all right? Heard about the fire. I don't remember what <laughs> happened, but something there. Hey, girl, you okay? <laughs> BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. The best players in the league perform even better with a great assist. And using BetQL to help take your sports betting to the next level, it's an MVP move. BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. Sometimes a spread is off by a few points or a total is way too high or low. BetQL shows you where the real value is so you can make smarter bets and cash in more consistently. All the bets from today's games are clearly listed and ranked on a scale of one to five stars. Those five-star bets give you the best chance to win and have shown real proven results. Get insights on sides, totals, player props, and more combined with articles from BetQL's team of wagering experts. BetQL has you covered for pro and college games, football, basketball, baseball, and even hockey and soccer. It's time to get better at betting with BetQL. Visit BetQL.com and use promo code BET for 20% off. That's 20% off with promo code BET at BetQL.com. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back in. Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, wherever you find your podcasts. We've got Travis Thomas in the East Coast. We've got uh, me over here on the West Coast hanging out. Back to the Futures we do every Sunday evening. And unfortunately, I have to start the last segment. By serenading my co-host, telling oh. him, I will remember <laughs> you. Will you remember me? <laughs> this is the last show oh. with Travis. Travis Dude. is leaving us. He has uh, wanted out. He has asked management to get off this show. <laughs> and, Let me uh, say. He's leaving... He's leaving us for greener and better pastures. Stepping in, yeah. I'll, Travis. I want you to you know, say what you want to say because it's been a lot of fun doing this with you. Since it has. August. It has. Um, this kind of came out of left field for I think for me and maybe for you. Like it was just boom. Hey, this is happening. We're like, oh, okay, we'll just roll with it. But uh, it's been a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. to do the show with you and Zach. And uh, although we will not be hosting together anymore, uh, yeah. I'll allow you to tell the people what you're doing. Uh, stepping yeah. in your place. 
will be Lucy Burge, who does great work for the BetQL Network, and you can find her all over. Um, she does a lot of write-ups. She appears all over the country on different shows. She'll be the co-host uh, with me here on Back to the Futures. But, Travis, I want you to tell the people where they can find you after today's show. Well, first of all, you, sir, have the voice of an angel. So good Thank for you. you. Just fantastic singing voice, one of your many talents. Shout-outs to Lucy. You'll do a great job. Good luck to you. And please reach out to me so I can give you survival tips of how to deal with Brandon Sprague and Zach Kroll. Thank you very much. I will be hosting Sunday's Bets here on the BetQL Network right out of D.C. We'll be on every Sunday uh, from 12 to 4. I'll be bringing you all the action in live, uh, game betting as well all the playoffs, of course, and then we'll get into college basketball, which I know both of you guys love. So I will miss you both. I'll be uh, hosting the show along with a rotating co-host of Quentin Mayo and Michael Jenkins out of the D.C. studio. So I'm still with the BetQL family, uh, and I'm very grateful for that. But I will miss you guys as well. Going back to the future, pulling up in the DeLorean. I look forward to it every Sunday night. I'm going to miss you guys. Oh, man. You're going to do great, though. I, I, we're going to tune into that show on Sunday afternoons. Got the NFL on TV. We'll have right. you turned up as you're giving us all the thoughts, the lines, et cetera. Excited for you, man. Congratulations you, on the new show. I know Thank it's kind of odd right in the middle of a season to transition that way from time to time, but uh, you're off to bigger and better things. And I said this during the break. I feel like a random Minnesota Timberwolf right as Kevin Garnett was like, I'm getting traded to the Boston Celtics. Now I'm just stuck here in Minneapolis and me and Lucy will try to rebuild. We are Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Um, let's, let's wrap up the show in proper fashion, talking about sports gambling and uh, the national championship college football is going to yes. be airing on Monday. We've got an SEC championship showdown, just like the committee wanted because they gave us awful matchups in the playoff games. Yeah. And uh, you get Georgia, who, by the way, I still maintain this opinion. Georgia should have played Bama in the first playoff game. Michigan since he should have played in the other. And one of those two should have gotten a, a spot in the championship game. But the committee wanted an SEC title game. Georgia minus two and a half over under 52 and a half. Travis, where is the action for you on this uh, particular game? I grabbed this game as soon as it came out. I got Georgia at minus two and a half, but I love them on the money line. Minus 145. Georgia's going to win this game. They are too talented of a team for me. They're too talented of a team to lose to Bama twice, back-to-back uh, -back in short weeks at that. They're just too talented. I don't believe it's going to happen. Not only do I think Georgia's going to win the game, but I like the under. I got it at 52-and-a-half, and I, and, and I love it. I mean, look, I think this is going to look more like an old-school SEC matchup, Sprague. Uh, not just Georgia and Bama, but – even hearkening back to the LSUs of the world and the Auburns of the world, when the SEC was just absolutely low scoring and hard hitting, that's what I think we're going to see in this national championship game. Kirby Smart's going to have to step up and call himself a perfect game, as we know against Nick Saban. I believe the dogs are going to be able to run the ball by committee, which is what they do. I think they're going to run the ball down Alabama's throat effectively enough to win the game. They're going to get good quarterback play enough to win the game. Bryce Young is sensational, and he will be. But I do not believe that Alabama is going to be able to just quick strike offense. They're going to have to put together long, sustaining, consistent drives to win this game. 
Not that they can't, but I believe Georgia's defense will get enough stops in, in moments when they need to. Timely defense will be the difference here. I believe Georgia can run the ball more effectively than Bama. That'll be the difference. Time of possession. Don't turn the ball over. They're going to win an ugly, low-scoring, defensive game. Give me the under and give me uh, Georgia on the money line, minus 145 in this game. Well, you know, there's a couple of things. We, we actually disagree a little bit on this game. Um, George is a pretty hot pick right now, and I totally get it. Like, the way that they looked against Michigan, I, I was an idiot. As soon as I saw them play, I was like, why did I think Michigan could hang here? There's no chance of covering a seven-and-a-half-point line. Georgia played a great football game. I also don't think Alabama's going to do exactly to Georgia what they did in the SEC title game. But Brian Robinson Jr. is a man on a mission. Mm -hmm. And he was just recently interviewed and basically said, what's changed for Alabama? And he said the Texas A&M game was a wake-up call. It was, you better not drop the ball again. And they came close. That Auburn game, they were down in that Iron Bowl. But they, they since responded since that loss to Texas A&M. They, I think, because they only beat Cincinnati the way they did versus right. the way Georgia won, I think that's the reason you're seeing the line the way it is. And I just wonder aloud, did Georgia play their best game in the playoffs against Michigan? Because I don't think you'll be able to duplicate that kind of offensive output against this Alabama defense. I'm with you on the under, but I'm lucky because I, I was able to get a hook in this game. I have Alabama plus three and a half. Mm. And Nick Saban is wearing a leather jacket during an interview. <laughs> that tells me all I need to know about Alabama. I think they're confident they can win this game. I yeah, I would more lean the Alabama Alabama money line because assistants of Nick Saban's don't really beat Nick Saban. And mm. as much as we may all hate the SEC because it's always the SEC, you cannot deny this is as close to an NFL game as you get because yep. of the amount of guys that are going to be playing on Sundays in a year. Yeah, well, listen, I, I would, if you believe that, I would say not only jump out there with the total and the side bet, but look at these uh, props. I mean, you mentioned one of the Alabama players. For me, I'll give you two Georgia guys and two prop bets that I'm all over. Uh, I like Zamir White anytime touchdown at plus 110. As I mentioned, Georgia runs the ball by committee, but he's their main bell cow. Uh, he's a lead of that committee. So I like anytime touchdown from Zamir White in this game. Also, uh, look, I'm looking at James Cook as well. In fact, I like mm -hmm. both Georgia running backs in that committee, the top two dogs, both James Cook and Zamir White over uh, for James Cook. It's 40 and a half rushing yards. I got it at minus 112 for him to go over that. And then Zamir uh, White over 46 and a half. I got him also at minus 112. So, you know, depending on how you see this game going, whether you're betting the over or the under for totals, that's tied and, and Nick Saban in that stupid, ugly members-only jacket. Uh, I believe Georgia's going to win this game by just flat out lining up and beating them man-to-man. -man. Okay, can you at least admit this? There is a part of you that is a nervous individual betting against Nick Saban. No? No, because I bet uh, on the side of Nick Saban when everyone said, Georgia was going to beat them in the SEC title game. And I said, you guys are morons. There's no way that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I took Alabama uh, money line. And I can't remember if I bet the over or under, but I hit that bet too. I hit that game two ways. And so now I have actually the opposite, Sprague. I have confidence betting against Nick Saban in this point in time. Now, 
if I lose a game and Saban wins, then yeah, I mean, egg on my face. But you're gonna have to pick and choose your spots if yeah. you are gonna bet against the goat. And it's the same thing with Belichick. I bet against him in Super Bowls, and I've been burned, and some of them I won. You just have to pick your spots. You can't go into it blindly. I just bet for Nick Saban two weeks ago. I feel comfortable now uh, fading him in the Crimson Tide here. I think the only thing that, you know, one, it's Nick Saban. And as I mentioned, right. the only assistant to ever beat Nick Saban is Jimbo Fisher. And that was this year. He just Correct. dominates people he worked with. The other thing that changes my mind and leans Alabama, one, it makes me feel a little confident just in the amount of Georgia noise I'm hearing. And I get yep. it. Georgia's a great football team. But I feel like I'm hearing it a lot. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. It mm -hmm. makes me like Alabama just that much more. And then also, you're talking about Bryce Young. You know, Georgia deserves a lot of credit the way they just beat down Michigan. Right. But you're dealing with Bryce Young, not Cade McNamara. And, yep. and as we saw in the SEC title game, again, I don't think you'll have quite that game. But when you got a Jamison Williams out there and you got Brian Robinson running the football, I, I just think it's that's the difference. It's the million dollar quarterback of Alabama versus the you know game manager of <laughs> Michigan. Like that's right. the problem that Georgia has on their hands. We'll see what they can do, and I am excited to to watch it. Even though I think the country is kind of getting sick of the Alabama stuff, um, we'll see what happens if the Bulldogs can actually win their first championship. I think since eighty one, eighty somewhere around there. So. Well, that's why they need to expand the playoffs, too, so we have a greater shot of not seeing the SEC title game rematch every damn year for the national championship. If you expand it, you give another team or two a chance to uh, knock one of these guys off, and we have some new blood in there. Um, all right, well, we got about 35 seconds left, man. This is it. It's it's over. Like It's done. You and me, we're it's done. done. I know, I know. Getting divorced, and I'm the end of an Zach era. The, I'm keeping <laughs> Zach in the divorce, and um, you're you're moving on, and Zach will tell me all the presidents, man. <laughs> Had a Poor lot of fun Zach. doing the show. Had Poor a lot of Zach. fun doing the show with you, man. Um, Poor Zach, man. He wanted it to go to court, so maybe I could get the. <laughs> uh, good luck. Thanks for tuning in. Back to the future. We'll catch you next week. Good luck, Travis. I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague on Back to the Futures from BetQL.